welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I am Brad. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, it's about to get better, I think. If I may be so bold, I think the fact that you're here, you're listening to this podcast, and that I also have a really special guest today. Dave Florence is on the show. He is a YouTuber. I have been following his show for years. It's the the channel, I should say. It's the Evolution of Dave. And I don't know, something in the universe. I was watching one of his videos the other day, and a little voice came to me, as, as it sometimes does. And uh, it said, you should, you should message this guy, and you should see if he would be interested in bringing on the show. And... Sometimes I'll be honest, in the past I've, I've not listened to that voice. I've said, uh, I don't know, you know, because when you throw yourself out there like that, it can sometimes, you know, you're, you're being a little bit vulnerable, you know, for people to tell you no, it's the, the rejection thing. But, um, you know, as time goes on, that, that muscle gets tougher, you know, uh, I'm becoming more of a stoic in that way, hopefully, that's the goal anyway. But um, I really enjoy doing these conversations, and I hope you enjoy them too. I'm, I'm going to start marketing them as like coffee breaks, you know? So this one will be Coffee Break with Dave Florence. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy it because this guy has a great story. You know, his, his origin story is really cool, how he came to this place in his life where he started this YouTube channel, kind of turned his back on the corporate world, and started doing breath work. He's a Soma breath instructor. He's a clinical hypnotherapist. Also does these really interesting things where he will submerge himself into an ice bath. He's got this barrel, and he just will... It is filled with ice water, and he will submerge himself into it. And when he's not doing that, he does... Uh, he doesn't do those every day as he, he gets into on our conversation here in a little bit. He, he doesn't do the daily cold plunge every day like I maybe thought he did in my mind. But um, he does do daily cold showers, which are very impressive to me. I am uh, I'm soft. I've, I've done a cold shower or two, and I do feel better after it's over. But it is, uh, man, and I, my shower doesn't even get that cold. So I can't imagine taking, you know, a daily really cold shower. But he, when he goes into it, when we start talking about this, he definitely piques my curiosity towards it. And um, I think you're going to like him. You're going to like his channel, um, The Evolution of Dave. Here it is, my conversation with Dave Florence. Okay. Well, so Dave, you are a Soma breath instructor, a uh, clinical hypnotherapist, an LP among a lot of other things. But what is really interesting to me is that, you know, on your website, davidflorence.com, it says a head injury led you to start the YouTube channel Evolution of Dave. Mm. Can you give us a brief story behind that? Yeah, and I'm very used to giving this story, so I'll try and keep it down to a nice manageable uh, level. Um, yeah, back in 2017, we'd had a tough year with the business that back then I ran a small recruitment business with a friend. 
Um, we were never really suited to it and certainly was never driven by passion or energy. But we'd had a few issues that just progressively got worse, including a fraudulent member of staff. Um, and anyway, so we went out and it was a Christmas party. Like all of the Christmas parties that we'd had, um, they were pretty full on. We had a few young folk working for us at the time as well. So I was definitely um, being dragged along by young people drinking. Uh, and I was all quite happy for that. Um, anyway, one thing led to another. Uh, I lost about five or six hours in the night that I still don't know what happened. But at some point in the morning, my uh, feet and legs were um, placed in the middle of the road whilst I sat on the curb to the road, thinking that all was fine. But people kept walking so this is about sort of six o'clock in the morning people were walking to work and they kept tapping me on the shoulder to to see if I was okay and in my in my state at that time I was thinking why on earth are you asking I'm, per I'm perfectly fine thanks very much and I would say that to them of course yeah what are you talking about I'm fine and they go okay okay no problem anyway this kept happening and I was thinking that's weird why are they asking me this strange question I didn't think that it was odd that I was sitting at the side of the road on the pavement you know legs in the road um and anyway then a, um an ambulance turned up paramedics got out my first thought was to say to them oh are you lost can i help you and they said no sir <laughs> we're here for you i said what are you talking about i don't need an ambulance and so they got their phone out took a photograph of my face and obviously they was just covered in blood um and i said ah so you really are okay sir okay fine let's let's go off to hospital then <laughs> Um, anyway, I obviously at this point had a very worried wife. We had, I think, how old was my son at the time? Two, two or three. Mm. Um, and that very next day, it very much that whole incident, whilst I still don't know what happened. I don't know whether I was beaten up, whether I, I think I probably fell down some stairs, I would imagine. Oh, wow. Um, mm. And it wasn't that bad an injury. There was lots of blood, but it wasn't too bad. But either way, what it did was shake me up from my state. And it made me that very next day think, this is not how a husband and father should act. Even if I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know whether I did much wrong, by the way. I just, just felt like, it, of course, you know, the fact that my wife was worried, it just made me think, hang on, that's yeah. not, that's not how you should act really. Um, and at the at the same time, I'd been watching a few YouTube videos on the Wim Hof method, fascinated by this guy and, and getting the use of the cold. And that was my very first thought. I thought, well, how do I change the person that I am right now? How do I change my state? Well, it seems getting used to the cold would seem like a good way of doing so. And... Mm. With the Wim Hof method, quite often when you're new to it, if people don't know what it is, I, I can't imagine they don't know what it is now. I mean, it's so prolific now in its marketing and <laughs> videos. Um, but it is a, it's, it's a method by which you get used to the cold through cold showers or ice baths. And then you also learn some power breathing. So it's a specific breathwork technique. And you learn a bit of yoga as well. Um, and you are normally guided uh, to getting used to the cold by a transition of warm showers to cold showers. But I didn't want that. I wanted exactly the opposite. I wanted the shock. And actually, I wanted pain. I mean, I know that sounds a bit masochistic, but I actually wanted <laughs> um, 
and I've often described it this way. There were, uh, I think, in the 14th century, um, some Catholics called the flagellants, and and these were the ones that would flail themselves, you know, whip themselves with this flail. Um, oh wow! And okay. I'm not religious, however, that was my mindset at the time. I wanted to almost absolve myself of sins by whipping myself, you know, or in oh. this instance, using the cold as a means of you know, absolving myself of my sins, as it were. Um, right. And so I went straight into a cold shower. It was the winter time. I then thought, that's not enough. I'm going to use the hose in the garden, then continued using the hose in the garden um, and just got used to used to the experience. And that's what, uh, that was the catalyst, really, to all of the change that I've gone through. Three months in, I decided I would create a YouTube channel to chronicle my journey. And then... Mm -hmm. Lots of ideas just kept coming my way of further ways to enhance my physical and mental health. And now I stand today, no longer doing the corporate job that I used to do, having a very different mindset. mindset. Um, uh, uh, I'm annoyingly filled with energy most of the time uh, <laughs> to annoy the hell out of friends and family. Um, but also I just have a, a very different mindset i suppose around how i live my life and um uh the important things in life you know i recognize those very easily now and opportunities are coming my way i think because of this change of mindset yeah it sounds like you you sort of escaped the matrix there by that hit yeah. on the head so to speak yeah and it, that's a really good point to make actually that um when I had that bang to the head for a few months, when I started to experience this renewed vigor and insatiable appetite for learning, I thought it was because of the bang to the head. I thought this is one of those what they call idiot savant moments where, you know, uh, somebody has a bang to the head and then all of a sudden they become this incredible artist. I thought that's what was going on. Uh, but as it turns out, it was more likely to be down to the intermittent hypoxia that you do in the breath work. Um, ah, okay. So these brief moments of starving yourself of oxygen, uh, of changing the CO2 levels, increasing CO2 in your body, um, that's now got a fair bit of research to indicate it improves things like spatial memory. It awakens, hmm. you know, I felt it feels like you're awakening dormant parts of your brain. Um, so it's probably more likely the intermittent hypoxia that caused the change. But then also the psychological discipline that you create by making yourself endure the cold, I discovered, filtered into other areas of my life. In other words, um, by making myself do the thing I didn't want to do, that discipline moved into other things that I didn't necessarily want to huh. do, but made myself do. It was, yeah, it was really interesting. It was, uh, yeah, the stepping stone. I mean, I found your channel a few years ago during my right. introduction to Wim Hof mm. and, uh, you know, looking into the breathing techniques and the, and the cold stress. How often do you do those cold plunges where you're submersed in that, uh, in that bin full of <laughs> ice and water? Yeah, not that often now. Um, okay. I find a cold shower is enough to give me what I need. Oh, okay. um, we do have a river nearby, so I can take the odd plunge there um 
it, whenever I do have some form of ice plunge, I do then remind myself of how wonderful it is in comparison to a cold shower. Uh, I don't feel the need to do it that often. And I actually think, I do wonder whether, I, I certainly don't think it's one of those things that you want to do every day, an ice oh, plunge. Really? I just don't, I don't know whether there's enough research to, to indicate that that is a good thing for your body. I think what oh, I've certainly okay. learned is that short bouts of most stress is good for you. So even the likes of Sean, Dr. Sean Aker, Harvard, um professor has done loads of studies on happiness etc cetera, etc cetera. and he's he's shown that you know um in a working environment short bouts of stress is very good because it creates this adaptation and change that's the same for all stress physical stress mental stress as long as it's short bouts of it you tend to go through an adaptation phase I just, I'm unsure. I don't know, but I'm just unsure whether if you were to do an ice bath every day, whether that would be a good thing. I just don't mm. know. So the, hence why I'm very yeah. wary about it. It's the same with the breath work that I do. Um, I now, although initially I really plowed into the Wim Hof style of breathing, which is derived from pranayama and tumo, it's called power breathing. And I did it quite forcefully initially with my mouth and big big lungfuls, very sort of aggressive. And it makes you feel good because of course you're, uh, whenever you take an inhale, you, you increase your heart rate. Every inhale increases mm. your heart rate, but luckily you've got an exhale and that decreases your heart rate. So that's the parasympathetic response versus the sympathetic. Um, and when you breathe through your mouth as well, you're, you're, doing something completely different to when you breathe through your nose. And I think people are realizing this now with the likes of the wonderful book by James Nestor called Breath, that obviously you use your conch, your nose, as much as you possibly can, else uh, you, you can really suffer. Your body can suffer significantly by mouth breathing. But oh, really? initially wow. with the Wim Hof method, I was doing big lungfuls of mouth breathing and experiencing these these incredible neurochemical highs. Um, I mean, the first couple of weeks, you really do feel on top of the world and literally want to shout about it. It's, it's really strange. Um, but I now realize that with that kind of breath work, you have to have a counterbalance to it. So there are lots of people I think suffering now through doing too much of that kind of breath work because they're not hmm. offering a counterbalance to that style of stress on the body. Cause it is a stress. It's just that um, yeah. it could be considered a good stress because it causes this adaptation. But I think you also then need to, if you do a bit of power breathing, it's worth later on the day doing something called buteco or some form of conscious breathing uh, or maybe a 4-4 breathing pattern, so four seconds in, four seconds out over a period of time. Um, that okay. will offer a nice parasympathetic counter to the forceful um, sort of power breathing so everything in life right. should come with a balance, shouldn't it? Let's face it. Yeah, Ying that's true. Mentality. You know, you can <laughs> you can have too much of a good thing, right? When I was experimenting with the Wim Hof method, I would have experiences where it would almost it was a little scary at first. I'll be honest. You know, I would get very lightheaded. I mean, it, the results afterwards would feel great. Mm. But I know what you're talking about, just in my brief experience. And so I'm, I'm glad you say that, that, you know, you have to sort of uh, balance that out because like yourself, I, I sort of went all in and um, 
and maybe a little bit too much because, you know, it, it sort of fell off after that. It wasn't really sustainable for me. Hmm. Well, I was going to say, I think it's sometimes it's good to go all in. I'm like you. I like to go all in. You learn hmm. a lot quicker when you go all in because if you go all in, you tend to make uh, I don't see it as a mistake, but some people might see it as a mistake. I just consider it a learning experience. But you learn a lot quicker that way when you go all in because you think, oh, right. blimey. Yeah, okay. Definitely don't want to go that far next time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's good. I think us 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 all in folk help to progress society. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, it's for for me i was attracted to it because and this might sound strange i feel that life is far too convenient for for me <laughs> you know i you never if i if i unless i choose to i don't have to leave a climate controlled room i don't get too hot too cold mm. and that just uh that seems not good it seems like it leads to a lot of problems and you talked about it but this is would you say why it's important to have those moments yeah. of stress to the body Definitely. And I mean, if you look at um, what David Goggins likes to promote these days, this whole callousing of the mind, and I think that's um, uh, equal to his other statement around enduring, that that you only grow once you have um, periods of endurance in your life. And it doesn't have to be endurance in terms of doing a blooming ultra marathon. It's just some form of poo that you're going through where, the, where, the, <laughs> where it's hitting the fan only through experiencing mm -hmm. these things in your life do you then grow as a human i've got a, mm. uh, a friend of the family who's by all accounts had a great life um but has had everything handed to him on a plate and as soon as something recent occurred that for him was really stressful it was only really stressful by the very fact that he hadn't ever gone through that kind of thing before. Mm. When you, it, obviously, whenever you go through something uh, where the shit really hits the fan, if you uh, don't mind me saying that word, oh, um, no. <laughs> uh, then obviously in the moment, it's not a good thing. And if anybody were to say to you, it's just a learning experience, you're probably going to want to hit them. However, <laughs> however, once you've gone through it and you've come out the other end, um, you then realize that that was a good experience because you always learn from it. One way or the other, you always learn from it. Now, David Goggins is kind of an extreme example there, really, isn't it? Because his life, if you know his story, well, it couldn't have gotten any worse at one point. And you would have thought for most human beings, you would... Um, at some point thought, well, that's it. My life is condemned to this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. However, he found strength in it. Lucky him. You know, he figured it out. And he now realizes, of course, that through going through all of that, he's now this incredible, you know, psychologically strong human being. But he's no different to everybody else. It's just that he's gone through that shit and, and, yeah, right. and found some solace and learning experience from it in order to be the man he is now. And I think, therefore, it's the same when you talk about your life there. We do, in Western society more than anywhere, um, cosset our lives. We soften our lives. And that softens our psychology. 
And to the point, you know, in, I've made a video on this in about uh, people in this country. So I'll go for a walk in my shorts and T-shirt. It might be minus figures. And obviously that's that's extreme. You don't have to do that. But I do it because I like the endurance bit. I like I also I think there's something um, Katie, my wife, calls it my my nomadic side. But I quite like mm. it when people think I'm doing weird things. I think there is something inside my psychology. <laughs> I like being the oddball. Um but either way, I know that it's good for me in short doses. Uh, but I think, yeah, if we go about our lives in this um, uh, conditioned um, uh, uh, experience where where the temperature doesn't change because we've got the temperature dialed in correctly in our house mm -hmm. and it's if we do have to go outside, then we wrap up with so many layers that the actual core temperature doesn't change. When you think about human existence and what our bodies and brains are meant to do by living a softened Western lifestyle, it's no wonder we are suffering psychologically and physically with disease because our bodies aren't being right. used in the way that they should be. And one of the things that I've yeah. often spoken about is this. We have an inner pharmacy inside us um, that we can turn to to pretty much cure us of most ills, but you mm. have to turn them all on. And you only turn yeah. them all on, unfortunately, by going through a little bit of poo, by enduring so that your body right. changes and adapts. So, yeah, I mean, it's that was kind of a long-winded answer there, wasn't it? But uh, hopefully... No, that... I love it. It's uh, it, it fits right into sort of some of the things that I talk about here on my show. Um, just to give you a little bit of background on me, in mm. um, early 2000s, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And oh, really? went through chemo, radiation, and all that stuff. And now, luckily, it's it's you know, I'm, they tell me I'm cured. <laughs> the, the oncologist says, "Oh, you're lucky. You've got the one cancer we can cure," which so I, in a way, it, it uh, kind of acted like a catalyst, you know, in your method. It took me a lot longer to sort of learn those lessons, but I immediately after recovering decided that I needed to run a marathon, you know, that I wanted to kind of test my body like you're talking about. Um, almost like a, like a, a, a flight test, you know, just if I, if I thought if I was still sick, surely this marathon would, you know, indicate that to me. And, you know, recently you had a video about running without any technology and I don't do marathons anymore, but I still, you know, get out there four or five times a week and, and love to run. And when I, I saw that video, I'll be honest, it kind of gave me a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I thought, you know, that I, it sounded like something that I should engage in because I feel like a cyborg sometime when I'm leaving the house. You know, you got to get the earphones in and you got to make sure that the Bluetooth is connected and your watch is paired. And <laughs> do you think it's best to just leave all that stuff at home? Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends what you're aiming for. I think okay. if, because sometimes I, I suppose, my, my opinions are only ever my opinions, but sometimes they are a, a deliberate contrast to typical ways of thinking. So I think, yeah, if you're going for a run in nature, yes, remove all technology. Don't even take your watch, you know, um, because... <laughs> It, there is something that occurs when you exercise in nature. At mm. some point, your body's electromagnetic field 
connects with the Earth's electromagnetic field of about, I think it's the Schumann resonance, which is 7.8 hertz. And coincidentally, that is the same brainwave pattern between alpha theta, between the alpha theta border. So ah. hence why when the two connect, eventually you have this incredible, you don't, it's, sometimes it's subtle, but you have this experience where you're in nature and you go, oh, I just, I just love being in nature. And of course, oh, yeah. you're not going to uh -huh. get that if you're wearing all tech and you're running. Hmm. So the other reason why I say that is that when we have these opportunities to go outside and be at one with ourselves, um, and I don't mean from a woo-woo perspective necessarily, but if if you go outside for a walk or a run and then and you remove all technology and then you start to consider the senses that you've been given as a human being, your auditory sense, your kinesthetic, your sensomotoric, your uh, visual sense, and then you start to work them as they should be. You start to tap into them as they should be used. And often these senses are ones that we've kind of dialed down because we've not felt the need to use them. As soon as you become consciously aware of them, in other words, smell whatever's going on around you. It doesn't matter whether you're in the city or in nature. I mean, obviously it's better in nature, but if you're in the city, it doesn't matter. You're just turning on that sense. And then you start yeah. considering, how am I running? Am I running in a good fluid fashion or could it be better? Maybe if I just position my ass a bit forward, you know, or maybe <laughs> if I start kicking my heels up to my, my butt, maybe things will change. How's my huh. breathing? Can I see if I can get my breathing in connection with my footsteps? which by, by doing a breath walk, actually, for example, that has huge benefits. Um, so what you're doing, if you think about it, by focusing on your senses, you then start to be more mindful because your prefrontal cortex, the bit that does all this monkey mind negative introspection, starts to slow down. And one of the things okay. I talk about, because I'm also a flow coach, is this whole transient hyperfrontality, which is the slowing down of the prefrontal cortex which is then when you start uh, awakening the brain and you get this extra boost of about 40% energy uh, boosted into the brain because your brain has suddenly got access to other areas. So if you want all oh, that wow. to happen and if you want to be in the moment and you want to make use of that run that's therefore in stark contrast to your computer work where you're, where you're, where you're all plugged in and as you say, definitely part of the matrix <laughs> – and yeah. yeah, you're far better off making use of that run and gaining far more than just the physical exercise gain. There's so much more oh. that you could gain at the same time. So you might as well. You might as well yeah, that's improve true. your mind yeah. at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, because like you said, we're... Uh, especially now that I work from home, I pretty much never leave this desk. You know, next to me is my work computer. So eight o'clock strikes, I just switch seats, you know, mm. and then I go outside and I'm still not um, divorced from that technology, really. You know what I mean? So that's why it resonated me with me when I saw that, you know, it, it, it just sort of like, you know, stuck in my crawl a little bit, as we say here in the South of uh, in the United States. Yeah. And uh, I can't get it out of my head, so I, I haven't done it yet. But I'm I'm definitely gonna gonna give this a shot because I think you're onto something. You you just talked about the being a, a, a flow code 
uh, code is it Flowcode? Yeah, so the organization is called Flowcode. I'm now um, an ambassador for them, which doesn't really mean a great deal. It just means I help to promote them. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so I'm now a coach, along with being a breathwork coach, along with being hip hypnotherapy, uh, clinical clinical hypnotherapist as well. Um, and the whole idea of flow codes that they approached me after seeing a few of my LinkedIn posts and my YouTube channel. And I think because they realized that much of what I put out there, the message I put out there is very similar to uh, the practices that they've pulled together to create uh, this, uh, what they call a biohacking portal, which is really just a stupid word for saying that it's a, it's a website with a whole load of videos on it on how to do certain things like breath work and, and um, uh, kinesiology based yogic movements and things like that. And their whole approach is that if you start to build these practices in to your daily routine in time, you can start to experience more of those real flow state moments. And I say real because I did a live video the other day and somebody uh, in the video said, oh, yes, I seem to be in a flow state all the time. And I said, I doubt you're in it all the time because a real flow state is gamma brainwave led. And that gamma oh. brainwave is, is a brainwave pattern that we rarely get to experience. But you know when you're in it, as in only afterwards do you know when you're in it, by the way, because uh, when you're in this flow state, everything changes. It feels like you have control of time. You know, time slows down. If you're a yeah. top-level athlete, you're no longer thinking before doing. You're just re it, your body's reacting, but but it's like you've got five seconds when really you've only got half a second to react. So wow. you can yeah. do these incredible return shots in tennis. You can, uh, you know, block a, a basketball. Um, uh, and but it looks like you've already preempted the move before the players actually made their move. That's because you're totally, totally in this. And Matrix is a good example. You know when Neo yeah. is is doing his backward bend and the bullets shoot past him. That's what it can feel like when you're really in this flow state. Now, if it's a flow state and you're working away in front of the computer, what it feels like then is that there's, as a parent especially, nothing can distract you. You are so yeah. totally in the zone. Your fingers are working what feels like at twice the speed. And your mm -hmm. brain is just chucking all this amazing, you know, creative ideas at you. That's a real flow state moment. Now, if you therefore uh, build these practices and ideas into your daily routine, you will start to experience those more often. And you will experience more flow. So more flow just simply being things just seem to be going right more often. This is really odd. Right. And also you recognize opportunities that are always there, but if you're not in a flow uh, uh, existence, those opportunities aren't recognized. Oh, um, okay. I, I mean, to, to give you a really silly idea of, of an opportunity. So I uh, last week, my broadband here at home went down and on my course, I commit to doing a video for everybody on the course every day, and I chuck a whole load of ideas at them. So anyway, I was due to do this video. I couldn't do it. Whereas a few years ago, my brain would have gone into panic mode and thinking, shit, what am I sure, supposed to do? Yeah. My brain instead <laughs> went into solution-focused mode straight away. Hmm. And I thought, right, I know. I'm going to go out to the big 
cell phone tower that's in the woods. There's a big, it's unfortunate, but in this instance, it was a good thing. There's a big mobile cell phone tower in the middle of the woods. I'm going to stand by that. I'm going to use the 4G on my phone. I'm going to, I'm going to go live on my YouTube channel and it's meant to be for my course. But of course, if I go live on my channel, it will act as a promotional tool to promote my course. So I thought, wow. well, this is brilliant. This is a great idea. So this, you know, um, this will be two birds in one, you know, with one stone. Um, yeah. And it worked. And it was, it was a learning experience for me um, because, you know, I know it's only a tiny little opportunity there, but it, it sort of was a real eye opener that I know how I would have reacted a few years ago if I was in that situation um, back then. Yeah. Uh, you uh, you took a an opportunity that looked like a catastrophe, and you actually turned it into an opportunity, or you know, mm. turned it into something positive, like you know, a happy mistake, as as I call them. And um, yeah. it's, it's so true. It's just perspective. Uh, would you say that breath work is the way to sort of ground oneself to where you're open for that flow state? Uh, that is definitely a big component. Mm. Yeah. The wonderful thing about breath work is that there are so many different practices that will change your state. And let's say you simply wanted a, a, a you were feel, you were flagging in the afternoon. So let's say you're doing your job. And if you're locked into your computer, as we often are, and we realize we've been there far too long, we haven't moved. Uh, then we start to flag, etc. It would be good to know, I would have thought, uh, a very simple technique to suddenly give you energy again. So um, a really good example is this one. You squeeze your, what's called in yogic terms, the mulabandha, which is your perineum muscle. Okay. So uh, all the muscles that are around the sexual organs, doesn't matter which ones you mm. clench, by the way, just clench them. Uh, and in time, okay. by the way, you'll be able to clench more as the you know, you'll get this muscle memory down there. Just oh. by simply clenching that area, you increase your heart rate. Huh. If you clench that area and then take a big, deep inhale through the nose and hold your breath for as long as feels comfortable, you'll go from a flagged, slightly less than energetic person to, oh, right, I can get back on it again now. And that only took huh. you probably a minute and a half. Okay, so we're not talking so, like you have to meditate for three hours a day or anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. The way I use breath work is I use a good technique in the morning. And some days I don't, but most of the time I do because I like the feeling it gives me, but I don't overdo it. Mm -hmm. um, it will either be a, a soma breath routine that is also linked to guided meditation. It's also got isochronic tones, which are a bit like binaural beats. So it works on your brainwave patterns. You do that for a couple of rounds. 20 minutes later, you are rocking and rolling. You then chuck oh, in a cold yeah. shower and then black coffee and well, nobody's going to stop you. So, um, <laughs> uh, and then in the day I might check in with what's called Ujjayi breath, which is this kind of what they, you'll see a lot of videos, um, on YouTube calling it Darth Vader breath. And that's because you're breathing from the back of the throat and you're making a very, huh. yeah. Type sound. And that's okay. brilliant for, um, smoothing out your breathing and making sure you've got this perfect stream of air going in and out, but with your mouth closed. Um, and so quite often I'll, I'll check in with that style of breathing 
again to a, a four seconds in, four seconds out, or maybe eight seconds in, eight seconds out, and that creates this balance internally. Um, it, what they call heart coherence. You, you're effectively bringing a balance to your autonomic nervous system. Um, hmm. So, I mean, you know, that's just a couple there. And there's, there's, there's so many different techniques. But yeah. if you've got them in your, what I call your imaginary toolbox, and you know that they're there because you've practiced them, then they just start, you start doing them without noticing. So yeah. apparently if you were to go to Wim Hof's house, um, you would hear him quite often walking around the house going, oh, no. And now obviously Wim Hof is a little bit nuts, as we know. He's slightly cuckoo. Um, but... <laughs> There is a reason why he's doing that, because if you tap into the vagus nerve by omming, by making that om sound or that om sound, it calms yeah. you down. And, and I think because he's in such a heightened state, he's having to do that quite a bit. But actually, yeah. I've now found that I'm doing it. Now, I don't necessarily oh, really? always make that om sound, but I'll quite often do the ujjayi breath or I'll just sort of deliberately slow down my exhale, make it nice and long through pursed lips. So... My son and my wife and my dog get used to hearing a lot of weird noises throughout the day because I'm just doing <laughs> it kind of instinctively now. Right. But it's it is like a key. A second nature. Yeah, it is. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so it is a key. Yeah, it is a key to yeah. finding flow because it, it's huh. it's one of the quickest ways to um, enter a connection with your autonomic nervous system. So you yeah, start that, taking that actually... control. I remember this from one of your, I participated in one of your Wim Hof Soma meditation videos. Mm. And it was crazy, like you're talking about this energy that just sort of, it was building up in me mm. as I was going on. And and you mentioned in that video about harmony between your autonomic, uh, auto, autonomic nervous system and the heart. Mm. Um, just for a layman person, uh, can you explain, you know, <laughs> kind of what that, what that is so when you get into it, harmony yeah so everything that happens automatically your blood pressure your heart rate your digestion all, all of that is linked to your autonomic nervous system within the autonomic nervous system you've got your parasympathetic and your sympathetic your parasympathetic is your rest digest calm uh response in your nervous system and your sympathetic obviously is your fight flight both are really useful and it's wonderful that you've got them both and that's how we live this balance in our life yeah we need them all the time you know and um the unfortunate thing is you know if if we were living in a cave somewhere and having to fend for ourselves and 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 fight uh with uh beasts that could kill us it would be helpful to have um, a reminder that there's something around the corner that we need to be aware of. So that's when your, you know, your fight flight kicks in and, and it sends cortisol and adrenaline to your body, brain and body. And it's saying, beware, that's helpful. Right. And of course, if the beast then does appear around the corner, you want that extra shot of adrenaline because it will turn you into a superhuman. Um, mm -hmm. The problem is nowadays, of course, that that is activated in what really are very minor incidences in your life. Mm. You know, you could be reading an email from your boss 
and it's an email that you really would rather not read and that kicks off your fight flight reaction you know our bodies and brain haven't really changed a great deal since those neanderthal times and uh, especially yeah. the brain it's not really changed and certainly the, the the sort of the the basic bit of the brain where the amygdala is and the the relationship with the fight flight that hasn't changed at all we've still got this neanderthal brain sitting there although we've got the intelligent bit on top um so everything happens as it always ever has. The problem is that it reacts at the wrong time. And if you then start developing, um, or if you start experiencing rather, stress every day and your body reacts to it and then gets worse and uh, uh, that that stress response only is further exacerbated by more stress and your your brain's ability to deal with the stress by using REM sleep to turn what happened in the day into a narrative that we call a dream. And that gets rid of all the, you know, the, the, the stuff that we've collected throughout the day. And then we wake the next day and feel good. Um, yeah. That is then impacted. So really having this balance with the autonomic nervous system is really just having a, a key to, uh, bringing everything back to where it should be. It's almost like you're resetting the dials. You know, you've, your child has just come in and uh, and uh, played with your amplifier and turned everything up to 11. So uh, <laughs> what, what you're doing is just bringing those dials down to where you had them before. And breath work can do that. Uh, it just brings this balance back again so that everything mm -hmm. is working in unison. And that's what you're doing. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, it ex explains precisely what happens to me when I, I, the after effects, when I do some of the breathing techniques that you have there on your channel, Evolution of Dave. So I, I really appreciate your, you being here and also just the content that you're putting out there. It's, uh, it's helpful to me. So with the amount of subscribers you have, I'm sure other people, this is resonating with them as well. Um, Obviously, you've got the the website, davidflorence.com. You're mm -hmm. starting to do 10-day 10, 10 um, coaching um, seminars now, right? Yeah. So I do one-to-one -one coaching, but I don't do too much of that because I don't like being stuck in front of the computer too much, which is why I also yeah. do two days in this laboring gardening job of mine where I can't even call myself a proper gardener, really. I know very little about gardening, but what I do do is I love the physical nature of that job. So I'm often being told to lift stuff, push stuff, lift, you know, and, and things like that. And that's what I want. Um, yeah. But I can't, I couldn't do, say, four one-to-ones a day, for example, on Zoom. It just takes up too much of my energy. And I want to give the right amount of energy to these one-to-one -one sessions, else people sure. aren't going to get the best out of me. Um, so what I also run is a course, which I have to say you know, I know that my channel is Evolution of Dave, but the course is evolving very, very quickly. And it's evolving in the sense oh, really? that every day that I do it, uh, the participants are helping me to enhance the course. So what was initially an idea of just introducing people to a few ideas that are linked to the flow code um, uh, protocol, it, I'm now building in because I can't help it. I'm building in so much of what I do, the people are getting a hell of a lot more out of the course than I'd ever imagined in the beginning. 
that's that's leading me to think that maybe I need to do another course because I'm I'm probably bombarding (laughs) them with far too many ideas. I'm probably overwhelming them. But who knows? Who knows? What's lovely is that the ones... It's all still new, but the ones from the first course have now got together in their own WhatsApp group, and we've all agreed that I will see them once a month on Zoom and guide them through new ideas, and we get to discuss uh, the methods as well and and check in with and and use it as a way of um, just making sure that we're all accountable, I suppose. Um, Right. And I'm hoping that those from the most recent course will probably want to do the same. But yeah, it's nice. It's just, you know, it's, yeah. it's, if you think about it, I've learned through finding my own path and figuring stuff out on my own and what works for me. And my message on my channel is, is quite often that statement that what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for everyone, but I've got a feeling that, you know, a good 70, 80% of what I put out there is probably going to work for most people. Yeah, um, yeah. But the course is now turning into almost a, um, almost as if I've kind of whittled down everything I've learned huh. yeah. um, so that people can follow in a similar path. But it is worth stating that in a way you've kind of still got to, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to chuck ideas at you, but you've also got to figure it out for yourself as in your path is yours and yours alone. Mm. So, you know, yes, you can follow some of the stuff that I do, but it may not be relevant to do exactly as I did it because your path is going to be a little bit different to mine. Well, that's so beautiful who knows? because you're not a zealot about it. You know, you're, you're very much open to new ideas. You know, mm. I see some creators that are really dialed in on, on whatever it is they're doing, but your videos cover all kinds of different breathing methods and techniques and um, yeah. I've checked out other sort of online, you know, courses before, and yours is very reasonable in terms of pricing. You know, you're, it doesn't seem like you're out to, you know, charge people a whole lot of money uh, to get this help. No, I mean, um, it, it's it's a very tricky um, path I'm now on in, in the sense that this life now is my life. It's my career. And I've obviously got a family that I need to provide for. So I do need to figure out ways of in uh, of creating a, a monthly income. But fortunately, through this journey of mine, I've got rid of the material need that I used to have. Uh, there's not much I need in my life. So it's kind of much more a focus of making sure that the family get what they want and need. Um, so we don't need huge amounts. But right. we do need an income, so I do need to figure out ways of, you know, um, f- uh, making sure that monthly amount is there. But yeah, that's part right. reason why it's not huge. But also because I don't really know what to charge for some of the stuff. You know, I know that what I know has a value, but who knows really what that value is? <laughs> you know, how do you put a yeah. price on knowledge? So, right, um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, there'll be other course ideas coming up other ways of uh, me passing this knowledge on and this 10 days really meant to be just an introducer to uh, to this but who knows where it's going to go yeah that's no, the exciting like, uh, it's, yeah like just like your channel it seems like uh, you know you're on a path and it's just sort of happening through you is what the impression mm. that i get when i'm watching all this stuff yeah it is uh, absolutely and 
something weird has happened in the last year or so where you just accept I, I interviewed um, the COO of Soma Breath more recently, a lovely guy called Gary Torrens. Um, oh, yeah, he's got a great story. Yeah, and he's just a really genuine dude. They all are at Soma Breath, to be honest. Um, yeah. They've all got their own story, as I have to say, uh, of you know how they came across breathing and things like that. But they're just, they're just a nice bunch, and they're trying to create um, a community, and they're trying to create an existence where they don't have to follow nine to five kind of corporate ideas and rules in, you know, it's a, anyway, they're they're a nice bunch. And he said that at some point he just began to trust in the flow. And what he meant Mm. by that was simply just accepting where his life was going and not trying to um, force it in any way. So in a similar way, I think that's what's happened with me initially when I was putting videos out, my intention was different you know, and I thought a lot more about what I was putting out. Whereas now it, I just sort of put out what feels right. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, yeah. And it seems that my life is just heading in a direction that is my own doing, but at the same time, I'm just trusting the flow of where it's going. It's almost like, you know, I'm on the boat now. It's a pretty fast moving river and I'm very happy. It's a stable boat, you know, and, I'm so crap with my analogies, aren't I? But you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. (laughs) Well, Dave, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your your busy day and uh, talking with me. I know my my few listeners out there are going to appreciate this because, uh, you know, a lot of what you talk about resonates with me and um, it's uh, really beneficial. Is there... Anyway, other than the evolution of Dave YouTube channel and Dave Florence, um, any other way that we can connect with you? Yeah, come and join the tribe. That's in Facebook. Um, it's just a you know, it's a free little group called the Tribe of Evolutionaries. Um, and I think we're, we're about to hit a thousand people, so it's still a small little nice. group by comparison. But what's nice about oh, that is. A... Um, everybody's nice to each other still, you know, I've seen in some Facebook groups that gets to a certain size and you always get a few bad elements in there who just mess it up for everybody by making ridiculously (laughs) political statements or things that just isn't going to help. Whereas what's lovely at the moment, at least, and I'm still, and I will strive to keep it this way by removing people Mm -hmm. very quickly if they turn it, you know, if they turn it nasty. But what at the moment, what's lovely is that everybody seems to be on a similar path. They all want to help each other. They want to evolve. They want to enhance their lives. They're telling others about their experiences, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And if people chime in with questions, other people will come up with some ideas or answers. So it's a nice little group. So definitely worth joining. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate that. I want to thank my guest, Dave Florence, for being on the show. You can find him on YouTube at The Evolution of Dave. His website is also daveflorence.com. And of course, his Facebook group that he was just talking about there is The Tribe of Evolutionaries. I'll link all this in the show notes, as well as all the places you can find me, all the social media portals out there. It'll all be linked right there for your convenience in the show notes. As always, you can find my backlog at the coffeebuzzpodcast.com. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you next week.